Hey guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. Good morning, Big Church. Okay, y'all are going to breathe with me so I can calm down and breathe. Okay, thank you. Um, my name is Kenzie. I've been going to big church since 2020. I'm going to read and talk because I'm not a speech giver. I'm a reader today. Um, so I've been going to big church since 2020. In 2020, I was 19. I was in college. I was working two jobs. I didn't really have a very good support system at the time, and I was just busy and just felt kind of alone and a little bit of a hopeless and just kind of confused. I never grew up in church. I didn't really have a lot of people around me that believed in God. Um, so I found big church in 2020 and that's when my spiritual journey started. My journey started off by just wanting to have some type of faith in something to give me a little bit of a higher purpose, gain some control over my life, when I just felt like my life was controlling me. So after spending hours on TikTok, Visiting some crystal shops, I began to learn the meaning of crystals and what they could do for me, which led me down a rabbit hole, a big rabbit hole, of the modern day spirituality. Also known as some people like to call it the universe. Um, I learned that the things that we say and the things that we do, also known as manifestations, and the things that we connect our bodies with, also known as crystals, can kind of direct our spiritual pathway. I had an understanding that I can love God, go to church, and still practice these modern-day spiritualities to direct my life in the way that I wanted it to go. And everything was just perfectly okay with me doing so. Around that time, I was, like, I was what I like to call myself a fan of God, meaning that I love God, I valued Him, but I wasn't following His word the way that I was meant to follow His word. So, in the beginning of this year, I made myself a vision board, and the title of my vision board was called Intentional Decisions, meaning that everything that I wanted to do, I wanted to do it with a purpose, and I wanted it to be very intentional. So the two things that I wanted to do was, one, start reading my Bible, and two, start taking the things that I read and practice them and put them into action in my everyday life. So after reading my Bible, one of the biggest verses that stuck out with me this year was from Exodus 24 through 5. Don't worship or serve any idols of any kind because I, the Lord, am your God. So that just stuck out to me in ways that is kind of indescribable. Like it just, at the time when I read it, I didn't really know exactly how to put that into my life. But as I kept learning and, and growing and going, it made a lot more sense. So the meaning of an idol is any person or thing that is greatly admired. My eyes started to open and realize that I was admiring these crystals and putting these crystals above my faith of God. Instead of, so here's just some examples. And so at the time, I was a car salesman. So instead of praying to God that he would bless me and tenfold my finances, I would bring my money crystal to work with me and just know that if I had this money crystal with me, the money will come and I will, I will be fine. I was putting my direction in the way that I wanted to go. Another thing that I would do was, I'm really scared of planes. Is anyone else scared of planes? Okay. So I was really scared of planes. So I would take my travel crystal with me when I would get on planes. Instead of praying to God and asking him to keep me safe, as long as I had this crystal with me, I felt like I was safe. So I was putting my thoughts, my beliefs, and the power of my tongue into the crystal, hoping that everything would work out in my favor. 
Fast forward to this year, around March, I had a very nice conversation with my pastor, Minnie, and our crew. Shout out to my crew over here. We had a conversation about her perspective of the crystals. Um, and then fast forward a few weeks later, I had gotten a very random message from an old coworker from the car lot named Gary. Now, Gary, he's seen me with my crystals, but we worked together for a year, and he never mentioned anything about them or didn't really say anything. Um, so it was kind of weird. He messaged me out of nowhere on Facebook and was like, Kenzie, what's your number? I want to give you a call. So I was at work, so I gave him my number. I was like, give me five minutes, I'll call you. So I called Gary. And Gary had let me know that he went to a men's prayer group that night, and in that prayer group, whenever he left, he had gotten a revelation and a message from God directly to me that he needed to call me to tell me that these crystals were a direct gateway to evil spirits, and that I needed to completely quit using the crystals. And so I don't know about you guys, but when God gives me a direct message so clear, you have to listen. Like, you can't just put it away and decide that you wanna do what you wanna do. So I took that message and I went home that night. And like when I said I use these crystals, like I had them everywhere. So I had to take them from my car, take them out of my car, take them out of my purse, take them out of my room. And I threw them away and I have yet to use them since. Mm. Okay. So I just wanted to say that this is a message of my deliverance of crystals, but the crystals were a part of my journey. They were a part of my journey that got me to where I'm at. So I don't want anyone to shame anyone for using crystals or shame anyone for using modern day spirituality because if it wasn't for the people that loved me during that time of my life, I wouldn't be up here speaking to let you guys know that you can get saved and you can have a revelation. And I'm hoping that this will open the door for somebody else. Um, the last thing that I just wanted to say is that, um, I just wanted to ask anyone, just think about something that you're putting a priority over Jesus in your life, whether it's a person, a thing, an idol, anything that you're putting your faith in a little bit more than God, just think about that. And I know that if you pray about things, God will reveal himself every time to you. And then the last thing I just wanted to say was the things that I prayed about when I was using the modern day spirituality, I never got a deliverance from until I quit using them. So just a couple examples. My brother is a recovering addict. Shout out to CR. <laughs> um, but I prayed for him during that time. Like, and I even told Pastor Mindy, like, I would even use the crystals and pray with him. Like, I was like, the devil deceived me in a very, very strong way. So I, I just was confused and didn't know. But the things that I prayed about then and the things that I prayed about now, they're now answered since I closed that door. So God is great. And thank you guys for listening. And that's all I got. Thank you. Good morning. All right. So first thing. This morning we were sitting and we were listening to the order of things and Jason's like, man, we have to go after that song. And I'm like, yes, we get to go after that song. Because <laughs> I'm like, won't he do it again? Right? And because of like what we're doing and the testimonies that we're giving, freedom, and, like, we don't know what everybody else is talking on. Like, I didn't know what Kenzie was talking on. I don't know what everybody else is talking on. But we're talking about financial freedom. And won't he do it again? Um, you know, our stories, we come from, both come from other marriages. You know, we were, you know, we're both in our 40s. So we're seasoned. 
Um, and we're, um, we are not, divorce is not in our vocabulary, so we are in it for the long haul. Um, and we were both, but we were both in marriages for 20 plus years. Um, so yeah, wow, wow. <laughs> you all are old. <laughs> but we were with like high school sweethearts, yada, 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 whatever. Um, but, um, <laughs> so we done that once, you know, but, you know, we came with baggage and all of us come with baggage, right? Well, with that came with financial baggage. Some more than others. I won't say who. <laughs> as far as the financial portion. But uh, we just finished uh, Financial Peace University with a great... <laughs> with a great couple who happens to attend this church. I won't point them out in case they, you know, don't want to be volunteered to Josh do that again. Amy. I wasn't going to do it. Um, but it was great. It was a great course. Um, Jason's going to share some of the data because he's better with the numbers and that type of thing. And he's great with that. Um, but I'm, I'm a talker. Um, but I, very much so. Sorry. Um, (laughs) but I just want to, um, share with you all first. Um, in the first few weeks, we learned that there are, um, there's a nerd and a free spirit when it comes to, to finances. Um, who thinks, who's the free spirit? Who? She's, she's pretty good. Okay. All right. Well, I was the free spirit here. Um, and, and he was the nerd. So, but um, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty funny. Uh, by the end of the nine weeks, I have become quite the nerd. Um, I still have free spirit tendencies, as Jason would say. Um, but, like, I had to have a 4th of July outfit uh, yesterday for festivities. But I went to the Goodwill. I went thrift shopping. And I found things. Um, After going to Big Thrift first and not finding what she needed. Yes. (laughs) So there are ways, guys, to get around this. Um, So I just want to plug that in, that it does change your life. It is exactly life-changing. I have way too many apps on my phone. (laughs) So I have two things that I want to share before I let um, Jason give the numbers of our successes from financial freedom. I do want to say while I'm, I'm scrolling here trying to find this, that um, the first thing that got us started on this is um, Pastor Mindy's, I'm not sure when it was, the 90-day challenge, not this year's, but when we first started coming in um, on Father's Day two years ago, there was a challenge, and we've been doing that since. Like, we haven't stopped. Um, and um, that really changed our life. Like, I've been in church my whole life, and um, I've always known that tithing off of your first fruits was what you were supposed to do. Um, and I'm not going to preach on tithing. That's Pastor Mindy's job. That's her service. Um, but I, I will say that, and this is not to give glory to, to Jason and Sherry. Not, that's not it at all. But when I went through a transition in November with a loss of a job, um, and that job paid me great money. I made really good money. And then I took another position in January that I still make decent money, but not the money that I had there. 
I did not stop my tithe based on the other job. Wow. Um, God still deserves what he was getting. And as long as we could still do and live off of that, then why, why stop glorifying God and why stop giving to God um, based on that? And I know that God has continued to bless us because of that. Um, so one of the uh, scriptures that Dave Ramsey uses in his program that really stuck with me was in Hebrews 12, verse 11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So we can take that in a lot of areas in our life. But financially, wow, how that really hits. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. So, and, um, so uh, Kinsey actually said something about control, and this was something that um, also is one of his famous quotes. You must gain control over your money or the lack of, con of it will forever control you. Um, we've heard the saying a, a lot, we want to try to keep up with the Joneses. Well, the Joneses are broke, right. is what Dave Ramsey says. No offense, we have some Joneses in our congregation, I think. No offense to the Joneses, but the Joneses are broke. And we get that comparison in our, in our heart and in our gut sometimes, and that's all we want. We want the best, or we want what somebody else has. And if we don't watch out, that gets us in trouble. And that gets us in debt. Um, so, and that's what we're being free from. So, uh, like Sherry said, I'm much more the nerd, so I'm just going to ramble off some stats for y'all real quick. Uh, so, exactly what is debt? To put it plainly, it's owing any money to anybody for any reason. So the average American debt at a glance, and this is as of May of this year, the any debt at all, and this is just American debt, $14.95 trillion. Average debt for household is over $158,000. Credit card debt takes up $787 billion. Student loans, $1.57 trillion. And in case you haven't been watching the news, the Supreme Court overturned the whole 20,000 forgiveness, so student loans do pick up again in September. Auto loans, 1.42 trillion. And then mortgage debt is 10.44 trillion dollars. So when you think about debt, um, Kinsey put it best uh, when you think about idols. It, money can definitely control you. It's very easy to want to, like Sherry was saying, keeping up with the Joneses, um, and try to keep up a facade that's not really who you are. Um, one of the things that, uh, that Ramsey says as well is um, spending money you don't have to buy things you don't need to impress people you don't even like. When you think about social media in today's society, you have friends on Facebook, on Instagram, on Snapchat, TikTok, whatever, that you will never know, that you will never meet, and that have no impact on your life. 
So why let them? Um, so one of the biggest things for us that got us started was the budget. Um, budgeting was something that I kind of did on paper, but didn't really do it on a line by line basis. And that's what one of the big things that FPU taught us. Um, and so another one of his quotes is, a budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. And that was one of the biggest things for us. We technically didn't have money problems, but yet our debt wasn't going away. So when we started FPU and started actually writing down this budget, we would actually seen where our money was going that it didn't have to go. Um, that's what really kicked it up a notch for us. Um, and so to date, I won't tell you the total number we have, uh, let's just say we're still trying to move that mountain. <laughs> um, but however, in just the nine weeks with uh, Josh and Amy's guidance, you know, obviously it's our money. We're the ones doing it. But they will tell you I might have been a headache at times because I asked a lot of questions. Um, we have already paid off over sixty-five thousand, $6,500. <laughs> So, very, very long story short, it can be done, and you just have to want to do it. Well, hello, church. So, uh, I was asked to speak uh, this week, and I got to tell you, I'm a little nervous, but that's okay. God gets you through it. Um, you know, to get to the end of the story where the greatness happens, you kind of got to start backwards where things went wrong. Uh, growing up, my growing up was, for lack of better words, a bad situation. Uh, I suffered a lot of physical abuse, emotional abuse, uh, was molested as a young man by a couple different uncles uh, when I was around the age of 10 and 11. Uh, <clears throat> but I was always too uh, scared to talk about that, uh, you know, with a sense of shame and didn't really know where I played a part in that, but uh, I do know now that I, that I had nothing that can control that. Uh, so, but uh, it still didn't mean that I had a lot of resentment in my life over that. Uh, you know, in my life went into basically, uh, my dad had left my mom, just kinda, you know, she had never had, he never, he controlled her, never had a public job, or even knew how to drive a car. Uh, so, uh, Mom did some wonderful things in trying to raise my sister and I, uh, but one of the things Mom concentrated on, I grew up in rough neighborhoods, but she seemed to move us up a neighborhood at a time, so, and, and really worked hard to do that because she knew we were going through tough times. Uh, now, that, unfortunately, meant three different high schools, so you spend a life of trying to be accepted. Uh, and that's pretty tough, you know. And then you're kind of wandering in that acceptance of, well, how do I be cool? Was well, it drinking with some buddies? Is it smoking a little weed? Is it doing this, that? And then became what I call a crowd back then was either you were a preppy or a stoner, but somehow or another I wanted to fit in with both. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so that was childhood. Um, I left for the Navy at 17 years old thinking I was a man because I'd done seen so much that I figured at this point I might as well go ahead and, and be a man because I've had to live as a man for a long time. 
Uh, so um, I went through three failed marriages. Um, you know, I had a part in each of those failures. Uh, with my first marriage, I have a beautiful child from. Uh, she lives in New York. Uh, with my second marriage, uh, we started out with an unfortunate trying to have a child that we lost at, uh, at birth. So uh, it was a real separation for me from God. Uh, if you will, I felt punished. And it, it was tough. It, it, it was a tough thing. I remember going to the back door as I came home to get some clothes for that and saying, you know, God, I, I've lost a baby and my wife at the same time because I knew she would never recover. Uh, that's a lot on somebody. So there was a distance there that, that started, but we were able to have two wonderful children. Uh, and uh, Jordan and Abigail were, were, are great children, and my oldest daughter is a wonderful girl. Um, so then started a career path, basically, in the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, that industry was nice. Obviously, I, I was, the reward was, you know, more than I can handle as far as money and different things, but that also brewed an industry that my life consisted of entertaining customers. Well, that started with an alcohol drink at a dinner that went from one drink to two drinks, six drinks. I'm sorry, I keep doing that, guys. Uh, but anyway, eventually taking people to Vegas, golf trips everywhere, uh, strip clubs, this, that, things that they wanted to be a part of. Um, within that marriage, to my second wife, there was infidelity, there was drinking way too much, and, you know, blowing our money, uh, because I wanted to fit in, sorry Joneses, but I wanted to fit in with the Joneses. Uh, but, you know, so in all that, I just wasn't good, but I still had a curtain of all this deceit that I could hide behind and still be me, or what I thought was me, in front of other people. So, so there was a fakeness in my life that, um, you know, I was a coach. I was doing all the right things. Uh, matter of fact, I can remember when Kim and I got divorced, it was a shock in our community. We lived in a small town in Grayson County, uh, Kentucky, and it was, it, many people said, I would have never believed you two to get a divorce. Uh, but, but it happened, and she had every right for that divorce. Um, and, you know, I, you know, I carried a lot of, uh, you know, I, I carried just a lot of guilt and really shame for that. Uh, so at this point, I had built up, obviously from my childhood, a massive amount of resentment. And now I've gone into a guilt and shame. So, you know, those ingredients aren't much when you start building walls up where you're saying, God, are you even there? So... So I went through all those different things, and by that point, I was becoming a broken man. My third marriage actually was my high school sweetheart. Uh, we got pregnant uh, when she was 15 and I was 16, uh, to which I found out from her father, who was the man that baptized me, and that was tough. Uh, anybody that knows, I know... Some of you know the, you know the back end of a church. That doesn't look so good. It, and it's tough. It's tough. And um, people at church, they knew. And, boy, their looks for sure were, they were tough looks. So that drove me away from church. 
Um, but, you know, I kind of brought that on myself, but it didn't matter. So I don't want to sit there and talk about anymore that past. There'll, there'll be a time in my recovery that I'll share a little bit more of the gore, but that's, that's not here for the day because the day is freedom. And, and the day is what Christ has done since that. Uh, last night, I gathered my eight-month ship of sobriety. Um, so, I, uh, in doing that, it started about eight months and three weeks ago. Because God was already working without me even knowing he existed in my life anymore. So... My son, which is a good young Christian man, because I did lay foundation, beat some of it on sand, but I, I did lay a foundation for my kids uh, about Christ. And uh, so he, he's really, you know, like I said, he's a very good Christian man. And we were talking about prayer. And, and honestly, in his ears anymore, just wasn't hearing much anymore from me because he had seen so many things that I was doing that, Maybe it just didn't even make sense for me to say it anymore. Uh, so he went in, and I'll never forget these words because it started the journey. Dad, you have forgotten what God sees. He sees your actions, and they are way off course. So that was both a divine moment and a moment that all I could do after the phone was hit the floor in tears. Um, it... it I also thank my son so much for having that courage. So, uh, and uh, sorry, but uh, so two weeks later, I started actually, we after, just after that, I started the process to get into rehab because my madness at this point had been going on for nine years and it was the deepest of madness. And so, I, um, there was nothing there. In, the, in those nine years, I had been in the, in the detox many a times. One time, really didn't know I was going to live through it. The kidney shut down, pneumonia in both lungs. I was there for 10 days. Before I could leave, I even had to prove I could brush my own teeth. Uh, so, uh, so, that was a deep, deep, dark uh, area of my life. So, I, I got into rehab. And lo and behold, I found out one thing first. Um, I had isolated myself so badly that, you know, not only have I isolated myself from God, I isolated myself from people. And I love people. And so in doing that, about three days into that, I woke up that morning. And by the way, I went to a boot camp rehab. It was military-driven. <laughs> So the bed was made at 6 o'clock in the morning, and you had every scheduled thing, and it, wasn't, it was boot camp number two for me after, you know, being in the Navy. So, um, but what a blessing. My psychologist quickly, uh, quickly read into the fact that I was, you know, that I was a Christian. She was a Christian. So she could talk to me as a Christian and love on me as a Christian through what I was going through. And that was God once again working behind the scenes. So 
when leaving rehab, I had made a commitment to myself. And I'd read some studies about the dopamine levels and stuff, and that when people were coming out of rehab, if they could do some commitments. And the commitment I made to myself that for the next 90 days, I would be in so some sort of recovery meeting uh, every day. And it did help. It, whether it was AA or CR, I knew about CR, and I, you know, I wanted to get back into that. So I started that, and yes, I'm gonna plug CR for, for, a, few, for, for, for a few minutes here. Um, because it, it, the CR was, I'm a broken man. I've, I've come to, to, to understand that, man, I need help. But I really still didn't understand how I was going to get that true help. So uh, I went to one over here off uh, Bluegrass Parkway, and a man named Jake was standing there. Jake is now my sponsor. And I walked into unconditional love, and he took me in at that given moment just where I was. So, and lo and behold, about three weeks later, I heard about a church called Big Church that had a CR. So I came in. It was back here when I first came in. The building was small, and... Uh, the great thing about that building is when we, when we did worship, the people next door had to hear it because we were doing it. So, um, so you know, that, that, to me, sometimes I wish we were back here and we had 50 more people to rock that wall. So, but uh, anyway, once again, I was welcomed with love. You know, everybody knows Mary Beth. She can hug a neck as hard as anybody. So just as soon as I got in there, there was Alex and Eddie, a Regina, an Eric, a Brandy. And, and if I missed anybody, I didn't mean to because I love every one of you. So, you know, and it was just welcoming. And once again, they just took me in right where I was. You know, it, it, there was no judgment. They, you know, a lot of them have been through the same things. And it wasn't just about alcoholism. It, it was about so many other things, rather, you know, rather somebody hurting from grief, rather somebody hurting from, I mean, just many things. So I started a step study, and this is where the rubber starts meeting the road as you learn about this, as you're starting to build your relationship with Christ. So on that step study, first thing I had to do, I had to, I had to resubmit, and that's not easy when you're in that position. It's not just like, oh, I submit. No, you're, you're, you're submitting at a, because you, you've been doing it your way for a long time. You know, so, so you know, I had to submit and bring Jesus back into my life. Um, and I still had a little bit of guarded, you know, I, I was guarded, don't get me wrong. And then, you know, we, we started talking about forgiveness. And so in doing that, the, the one of the things that first struck me that there's an eight principle kind of set up in, in CR. And there's the biblical verses for all those. And all those biblical verses start with happy. You know, happier than meek. Happy are the people that know they're spiritually poor. Do what God's will is, not yours. Happier the peacemakers. Happy will be the people that will be persecuted following what God asks you to do. So... 
all of those different things were, how can you be in the wrong place when all you're learning that there is happiness in, in, in your craziness? So one of the first things I learned that there was two differences between guilt and shame because I'd always thought they were the same thing. You know, they, they just were. They were the same thing. And I realized that guilt was just simply doing the wrong things. That's what guilt was. That's where guilt builds up in you. And shame was basically, I'm just a broken person. I, there is something wrong with me inherently, and I'm just broken. Something is wrong. Well, Romans 8 once tells us, and we know, and it's used often, there is no condemnation for those in Christ. And thank God that. Thank God for every bit of that. So, you know, you, you go through these principles, your step studies. So we get to principle three, and there's a lesson six, and it's called action. Well, action's already been introduced to me by my son, who said, your actions, Dad, are wrong. So, so I try to remember this prayer daily. I look at it daily. I don't get it done every day. I should. I'll attach to it somewhere in my body so I don't forget it. So, but I do want to share this prayer. Dear God, thank you for your love, for your freely given grace. Help me model your ways when I make amends to those I've hurt and offer my forgiveness to those who have injured me. Help me to set aside my selfishness and speak truth in love. I pray that I would focus only on my part, my responsibility in the issue. I know that I can forgive others because you forgave me first. So thank you for loving me, Jesus. Name I pray. Amen. So, so, you know, the blessings didn't stop there. They, they just didn't. Um, you know, all those resentments, I learned forgiveness. I learned, you know, I, one of the things I learned in that is that person that may have hurt me, I don't know what their circumstances were. I don't know what caused their actions to be there. And not only do I forgive them, I hurt for them because I know it had to be pretty bad. So, but, you know, my father, I, I, I can't, he's died. Uh, I, I have forgiven him. Uh, even though he said I was never his, but I looked just like the man. So that being said, he is a good-looking man. Or was a good-looking man. So, but, had to throw that in there. But, but, you know, and the forgiveness that started coming to me as I was making amends, people in my life, my kids, now could see that I was walking in a different light. They could say, I'm proud of my father again. So, um, then all of a sudden, I'm in here at Big Church. Man, the spirits here at CR. They're inviting me to come to Big Church to visit. So, and I was a member of another church, and wow, there's a whole lot more hugging going around this neck as soon as I got in that door. 
And if you can't feel the Holy Spirit between these curtains every week, you can't feel the Holy Spirit, period. So, um, but, uh, and it amazes me. I was shortly, I had shared with Eddie, you know, Eddie, I've never been a big Bible scholar. I, you know, I read it, I've read it plenty of times, but it just, well, it's just never soaked in much. And so, uh, I guess it was the next day or maybe even that conversation. He goes, I got, a, I got something I want to ask you. So he invited me to a crew. Oh, yeah, a crew, a Bible study at Renee's house every Friday night. We get together. Well, we eat a lot, but we get together. <laughs> so, and there it was again, nothing but hugs around my neck taking me just where I was. So I have been taken just where I was through CR, through the church, through crew, and I couldn't be a happier man with those blessings. You know, I, I, I'm going to share something here in a second if I brought my phone up. Um, I was blessed with getting by. I was in pharmacy for a long time. I walked away for nine years of my madness. Um, and, and during that madness... I thought I would never get back into pharmacy because actually I had a couple sanctions against me. Um, showed up to drunk, drunk to work a couple times, uh, made some some egregious errors, uh, honestly. Um, but I was able to go back to the board, ask for forgiveness, and I was given forgiveness. Retake the test. Don't know how I remembered half the things, but I did. Um, so. Um, and I say this because I know Jesus is working through me. You know, in today's business, Google reviews and stuff, they mean something. They, they mean something to a business. Uh, I received this Google review at my company a couple weeks ago. And it reads like this. Triple Crown Pharmacy is far, is far by the best pharmacy I have ever used. They always communicate anything about my medication and go above and beyond to make sure they always have them in stock. All the staff is wonderful, but Ronnie is exceptional. He has done so much for me personally, but I also know he does it for every one of his customers. He is truly the epitome of what outstanding customer service is all about. He is a wonderful human and truly cares for everyone. Triple Crown Pharmacy has my business for life. I don't share that because I was named in it. I was sharing that because Jesus is now right here and coming through. So that is what life is when you have Jesus in your Christ. When Christ is in your heart. You know, the devil still tries to park in my parking lot out in front of my apartment. He ain't coming in my home no more. He can just stay right there because he's done coming in. So, you know, my finances are better. I still got consequences. Uh, I think I think I've seen or someone told me that uh, one of the guys I went through step study, he's a CPA, and I'll be seeing him because I got some tax stuff I still got to deal with. You know, so uh, and I may go to my financial piece around here somewhere, and <laughs> so, uh, but. Uh, I tell people also that, uh, you know, conviction is a blessing. It, it, it's actually a blessing because God loves me so much to talk to me. To talk to me to say, hey, buddy, this is where I want you to be. 
Ronnie, you can do better. You can do this. You, you know, inventory is a big thing in the CR program. But guess what? You learn that you got to take an inventory every day for the rest of your life. And it's a great inventory because the tools are being there. When you know you're wrong, I can walk up to you earnestly and say, I'm sorry. And so it's just, it, it, it's been, the road recovery is, uh, is great. Uh, I'm going to share something real quick. When I started the CR program, um, there's an introduction thing at certain given moments in a small group. And I started there, and it went something like this. Hi, I'm Ronnie. I'm a Christian. I suffer with alcoholism. Very somber, still scared, uh, still carrying shame. Now, I look up proudly, and I say, hi, I'm Ronnie. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I suffer with anxiety. I suffer with lust. I suffer with curses. I suffer with many other things. And these things even change week to week because God's working you through one and he introduces another. And I'm okay with that. So, But you know the thing I no longer say is I suffer with alcoholism. I now suffer. I now no longer suffer with the effects of alcoholism. You know? So I thank Jesus for that every day. Growing me, he's delivered me, he's redeemed me, and every single day he leads me. And I thank him so much. And church, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon.